Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again. It is Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing good, man. We get to do some wrestling talk. How you doing? Yes, sir. Of course, it is Saturday, so that means it is wrestling talk. Uh, quick apologies for uh, what happened Thursday night. I had some stuff for work-related things taking to need to take care of. That's why we weren't able to get you the... Uh, podcast thursday night but we promise we'll get back together going this week yes. so starting it off with some wrestling talk first up monday night raw yes baby so we had the return of drew mcintyre as he took on sheamus the bad blood boiled over as the two old friends couldn't wait for the opening bell to begin throwing haymakers sheamus grabbed the first true advantage when a uh, bro kick knocked McIntyre clean to the outside. The brutality continued as the king of Claymore Country unleashed a beat down on the announce table and shook the ring with a suplex of the Celtic Warrior off the top rope. After kicking out of a crushing white noise, McIntyre tried to move for move on for the four sides with a white noise of Sheamus off the top rope that the Celtic Warrior somehow kicked out of. Both men risked it all at the finish as McIntyre's Claymore bested Sheamus's bro kick attempt. In the, uh, to finish a high-level clash that is already generating early match-of-the-year buzz. Koopa, your thoughts? That's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, to have these two duke it out like they do, uh, being that they're friends and things like that, it makes for a better uh, r- rivalry for sure. It always does. I mean, a lot of uh, old, old matches, like old rivalries, things like that, a lot of the guys, you know, because of... K-Fab and whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were, you know, friends, you know, and I guess the better friends you are, the better of a rivalry you can make it. So. I think it also helps because usually those are the guys you also came up with in the training world, so you know them to a T, so you can make it work exactly. very well. Also, bitter rivalries, though. If you guys mm-hmm. really don't like each other in real life, it's kind of cool to see them uh, go in the ring and uh, duke it out. All right. All right, man, next up we had Nia Jax taking on Naomi. Naomi and Lana were working to build momentum going uh, after winning or earning, sorry, a WWE Women's Tag Team title opportunity. But Nia Jax was intent on squashing that momentum. And the, irres- the irresistible force fought off early attacks to drop Naomi with a thunderous slam and send a message to Lana in the process. Yeah, I mean, Nia Jax is, uh, she's a beast, what can I say? Right. So, there you go. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, Miz got a case of the Mondays. After the WWE title match was set for 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, the Miz had little time to scheme up his late, up his latest advantage. As Bobby Lashley waited in the ring, the A-lister complained backstage of intense stomach pains, but all but the Almighty confronted the Miz to let him know there's nowhere to run. So, Miz is already trying to figure out a way to escape his... <laughs> 
title off a title match against the Bobby Lashley, the Almighty Bobby Lashley. Oh, so yeah. that figures right. It does figure. All right, next up, the Hurt Business defeated Braun Strowman and Adam Pearce for the Raw Tag Team Championships. When the Monster of Hmong Men came calling for a WWE title match, Shane O'Mac cooked up his own plans and had Braun Strowman team up with Adam Pearce. The plus side, the unlikely partners would take on the Celt- on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin for the Raw Tag Team titles. Strowman tossed the Hurt Business around the ring, but a call from Shane McMahon to tag Pearce in resulted in Benjamin rolling up the WWE official for the win, which ignited another monstrous tirade from Braun Strowman. Well, it seems like Braun Strowman here lately has just been on kind of the uh, back burner of things. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of understand the big man's uh, frustration. So, yeah. I mean, uh, he, you know, he was what, one of the first to take out Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So, I mean. Or basically ragdoll Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. He's a beast, dude. I think he is main event talent all the way around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're doing with him. So. Neither do I. It's getting uh, kind of ridiculous. Damian Pierce. Yeah. I almost said Pierce, but it was Priest. Damian Priest defeated or took on Elias. Well, I kind of gave that away already. <laughs> Elias started the night with a proposition for Bad Bunny, but instead found himself in a battle with Damian Priest. The hard-hitting action pushed the limits of both competitors with Elias narrowly kicking out of a broken arrow to keep the match alive. The Archer of Infamy, though, dug deep for a hit or for a hit the lights to remain undefeated since debuting on Monday Night Raw. I like this guy, man. I I think he's like the next Kane or something, dude. He's he's big and he's he's, you know, he's charismatic. He's He's all sorts of just crazy, dude. I love it. And uh, I think that um, if they push him the right way, mm-hmm. we're going to see the next like big superstar out of Damian Priest. Yeah, it's, he's definitely got um, um, a lot of he, the skills. Isn't he also like on a winning streak, too? He's, he hasn't won or hasn't lost one yet. Has well, he hasn't. It said he hasn't lost since making his debut on Monday yeah. Night Raw. So, so yeah. You know, so far, so good. Yeah. All right, so Bobby Lashley finally gets his title match against The Miz. With Adam Pearce mandating a 10 p.m. Eastern start time for The Miz's showdown with Bobby Lashley, it appeared the Almighty was finally going to get his opportunity. The WWE champion would uh, hesitantly make his way down to the ring, uh, but tried to strike a deal to delay the night's match. When all else failed, the A-lister ran for the hills at the sound of the bell. So, got himself counted out to retain his title. What a bitch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, it doesn't matter that, you know, Bobby Lashley is Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Be a man. Stand in the ring. Take the beating you have to take. And either find a way to win it or lose. All right. All right. Charlotte Flair taking on Shayna Baszler. Flair boldly stated her Raw Women's Championship intentions, but Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler let the Queen know the road to WrestleMania runs through them. Baszler would leave or would level Flair to usher in the opening of the bell as Jax waited at ringside to stack the odds. After Flair tossed Jax into the ringside steps, the Queen bounced back into the ring to land a natural selection on Baszler for a statement win. That's pretty good. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, uh, Shayna Baszler is no... She's, she's no pushover. No. So, uh, you know, for her to, to make a statement like that right before WrestleMania, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty damn good. All right. It's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Definitely. Next up, we had Riddle in the uh, Lucha House Party taking on Retribution. After claiming the United States title, Riddle was ready for a bro down with, the Grand, with Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado against Retribution. T-Bar brought a merciless start with a chokeslam of Riddle, but Lucha Party, Lucha House Party would help turn the tide with high-flying action. A skyscraping splash from the King of the Ropes resulted in a pin of Slapjack and an irate Mustafa Ali. Koopa, your thoughts. <laughs> uh, awesome. I can't stand retribution, so this works out pretty well. All right. Mufasa Ali then uh, took on Riddle right afterwards. After his retribution, troops failed him in a six-man tag team action. Mufasa Ali took matters into his own hands. The original bro appeared to have the match clinched for a final flash knee strike. 
but a flurry of distractions from the outside allow Ali to plant Riddle off the middle rope to capitalize for the win. Same old shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, distraction, distraction, distraction. Uh, and that's the thing sometimes. I, that's what I don't like about these factions they have put together. It's like they're not really showing who you truly are by uh, having a bunch of hooligans out on the side of the freaking, you know, apron and in the ring area. I mean, we want to see good matches. We don't want to see somebody, you know, always get a win off of the strikes. All right. So. so, finally, for the main event, we have, once again, Bobby Lashley taking on The Miz for the WWE Championship in a lumberjack match. <laughs> the moment finally came for Bobby Lashley to take his frustration out on The Miz and seize his opportunity for the WWE Championship, and the Almighty did not disappoint. The A-lister looked for any possible opening to escape, but the Raw superstars on the outside made sure to keep him focused on the tax at hand. With nowhere to run, the Miz fell right into the waiting arms of the Almighty, who clutched in the heart lock to force a tap-out victory. Lashley grabbed a hold of his WWE Championship reign that was 17 years in the making. Koopa, your thoughts? Uh, great, man. Uh, I'm happy to see Bobby Lashley finally at the, uh, the top of the heap, man. Uh, it's it's been too long. Uh, I'm kind of glad to see you know the Miz lose the title after only eight days. Right. So uh, I did. I don't like the Miz. I don't think you know you and I have both agreed he's more of a mid tier champion. Champion, and I think his greatest run is was as Intercontinental Champion. Right. So. Um, uh, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. Um, I mean, sure, maybe gear up Bobby Lashley, like you said, maybe versus Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. But where does that leave Drew McIntyre? Right. Drew McIntyre is the Scottish Terminator. And right. He should. He was screwed out of that title. Yeah. So. I uh, yeah, like I like what we've talked about. I don't really like. This I understand Bobby's supposed to be a heel and whatnot, but what Bobby Lashley represents as a person and wrestler, a former military guy, always outstanding athlete, very capable of taking on any and all comers, why would he feel it necessary to attack the champion that we know if he took on could beat? It's not like he couldn't beat Drew McIntyre. It's kind of a weird cop-out for Bobby Lashley to become champion, I get maybe just because they needed to get the Money in the Bank match contract thing settled and get Miz off of it. And that was their best way, I guess, they could come work with it. stupid. I think this whole year with the Money in the Bank has pretty much gone to waste because of how they took it from... They took it from... um, Otis. Otis, and then gave it to the Miz, and then the Miz loses it eight days later after winning the championship. Right. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that he's not champion. Anyway. I just think it was a waste of pay-per-view, waste of time, and uh, a waste of, of of good talent in Otis. So I think Otis could have actually been a fan favorite. Yeah. You know, I don't understand what the hell it is they do because... They don't think the guy's ready. Well, give the guy a chance. Maybe he'll prove you wrong. Don't don't make him win a, a paper an important pay per view that is Money in the Bank. If you don't, if think, you don't want, yeah, if you don't think he's going to be championship worthy, yeah, don't I, let him win it. That just to me is I don't understand it. Um, I think that was more or less at the time going for the fact that you know the ta- the fans were really involved with Otis. Mm-hmm. With Otis and mm-hmm. Tucker and Mandy Rose, right. that whole debacle, and it was kind of a way to keep momentum going for Otis. But at the same time, I really think that you know, he he could be the next you know, let's say Dusty Rhodes or something, the big guy. You know, I am a working man type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Otis. I think he's cool as shit, and that's. Things that man can do in that ring. Right. I mean, it's crazy. So, to see him lose the the money in the bank is something so just 
Retar- well, <laughs> dumb. Yeah. There we go. I think you should be allowed to say that word, just saying. <laughs> yeah, I should be allowed to say that word, but, uh, <laughs> you know. But, yeah. Well, I we just, know what you meant, though. I don't like it, man. I, I don't like I don't it. Really I don't think either. it was a waste of paper wheel, a waste of everyone's time and effort in, in that in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like saying that the, the money in the big means pretty much nothing. They can do with it whatever they please. And that, to me, does not give it any kind of prestige. Right, and it's just ridiculous, honestly. it's I don't get it anymore. It, it, it's disrespectful to a lot of them, and it's just it's just really frustrating. It is. To say the least. But, all right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to uh, AEW. Cause Let's do that. We had a great matchup to start AEW. Oh, yes, we did. This has been... A match in the making for a while, and I love it. It's been great. Um, so we started off AEW in typical tag team fashion, as we had a mixed tag team well, match. It wasn't typical. It was mixed. Well, it's still a tag but team it's match. Still a tag team match. Yes. Typical AEW fashion. The fact that it was a tag team match to start the show. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet taking on Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, that Shaquille O'Neal. Former NBA champion, league MVP, Shaquille O'Neal, and Jed Cargill. Oh, was I excited for this Dude, one. me too, man. This was a good, good match. Yes, sir. It was kind of, it was crazy, dude. I, man. All right, let's get into this let's get so into we can it. talk more about it. That's right. Cody and Shaq locked up with a collar and elbow tie-up, and Shaq powered right out, pushing Cody halfway across the ring and down to the mat. Shaq smacked his giant paw right across Cody's chest, and followed up with a back body drop. Jade tagged herself in, and Red Velvet came into the ring. Jade, Jade would boot, excuse me, Red Velvet in the midsection. Jade whipped Red Velvet into the ropes and met her with a kick. Red Velvet fought back though with a big hook kick. Jade fired back and hurled Red Velvet across the ring, using her leverage with to her full advantage. Red Velvet though would jump off the top rope and with a diving crossbody block, but Jade countered it and then. Pie faced Cody in the corner. Cody ran across the ring and hit Shaq, who went to the outside. Austin Gunn sitting ringside whacked Shaq with a steel chair. Enraged Shaq slammed Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, and QT Marshall, yeah, QT Marshall uh, of the American Nightmare family uh, onto the arena floor. Back in the ring, though, Ch- Jade Cargill uh, applied a figure four leg lock to Red Velvet, smiling and flexing. Then Jade pulled the table out from beneath the ring and set it up. Red Velvet knocked down Jade and set up a second table, placing it beside the first table. Actually, it was on top of the first table, not beside it. Then Red Velvet returned to the ring and scored a kick to Jade's face. Cody would tag in and brought Shaq back to the squared circle. uh, Shaq would powerbomb Cody, but then uh, Shaq walked right into Cody's strike, and then Cody body-slammed Shaq, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was impressive, but it it was... I mean, it, it was... It's okay. Um, he didn't get him up all the way. Um, I guess just the, the fan in me is like, you didn't body slam him. You barely got him up. Well, you got to admit, though, he's got almost a whole foot advantage over <laughs> right? Cody. So it's an awkward lift yeah. in the first place <laughs> to get him up. Uh, Jade and Velvet, uh, Red Velvet began to trade offense in the center of the ring again. Uh, Jade would hit a spine buster on Red Velvet. Cody, though, would break of the pin, sprint across the ring, and tackle Shaq. Cody's force caused both men to crash through the table set up outside the ring earlier that was set up earlier by Jade and Red Velvet. Red Velvet speared Jade, and then Red Velvet was countered when uh, was countered, and then Jade pancaked her face first and scored the pin for her team. After the commercial break, Shaq was loaded into an ambulance. Several moments later, Tony Schiavone went to the, get an update on Shaq's condition, knocked on the ambulance door. When he opened it, Shaq was nowhere in sight. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know what the heck they were doing with that little part. I mean, Tony Schiavone, like, why would you go to, to like, even go to the ambulance to freaking, here, let me open the door and see what's going on in here. It's like, what the hell is this? Right. It was uh, interesting, to say the least, but it was a great match. Oh, um, it was, dude. 
Uh, like I said, the only thing that was a little little weird was the uh, body slam to Shaq by Cody. But other than that, other than that, I mean, it was great all around. Shaq, Unfortunately, Shaq Daddy looked like Shaq Daddy, dude. Big, yeah. you know, he, he looked like he's been uh, working out soon, right? My only little problem also was the fact that the bad camera work by AEW that uh, on Wednesday night, though, we didn't really get to see the spear by Red Velvet on Jade, which kind of was a bummer. Yeah, and actually, they forgot to mention that she went for the pin on that. Yeah. And she kicked out, so... Right. I think that's what yeah. they meant by Red Velvet was countered. It should have just been kicked countered out. Countered yeah. like, more like she kicked out. And why, and why didn't they just call it the Glam Slam? It was That's literally what it was. It was a Glam Slam. Which is cool, dude. I mean, she got her up good. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know why we can't call it the Glam Slam, but maybe well, because WWE like owns it. Well, AEW and WWE, they, they, have, they own rights to certain names. And well, like they, when the Broken Arrow is done by Pac, that's what they call it. And we just talked about it, Daniel yeah. Pierce doing the Broken Arrow yeah. on Monday Night Raw. So it's like, yeah. I don't really think you should have, if it's literally a name of a move, I don't think you should be allowed to have rights over it. Now, if you would altered the name of the move to match now, the it, wrestler. Now I it's see a, that. Yeah, if it's like a finishing move, then yeah, you can alter the name of it. Right, which makes more sense. Because I mean, I've always known that uh, slam. Yeah, as when, when we first started slam. watching freaking AEW and the commentary on there, dude, some of it like, a super Cena, whatever, and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. What the fuck? What's that? Right. Or the cure for you to clutch into the coquina clutch. Yeah. It's like, what the hell are we doing? And that's still in the same ep- uh, same company. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, what um, is that? It's the coquina clutch. Anyway, so we're going to move on. It was a great I match, though. Like, I understood the walls of Jericho changing to, like, the lion, what do they call it? The lion tamer? Or what they were, whatever they were calling it. Yeah, but it's still him, and he's yeah. called still. He's still called Chris Jericho. It's not like when Cody Rhodes, they don't really call him Cody Rhodes. They call him Cody mostly because yeah. Rhodes is still owned by WWE in the name, so they mostly refer to him as Cody for the most part. Which is yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah, it's just. But anyways, that whole Anyways, we're gonna move on. So Pac and Ray Phoenix, two thirds of the Death Triangle, took on John Skyler in D three. Pac and Ray Phoenix were looking to make short work of Skyler, and boy, how did they do it? Yes, they did. Pac elevated over the top rope and down on and down onto D3. Pac exploded with a 450 splash onto Skyler. Ray Phoenix tagged in and sat down with a power bomb for the victory. That was a quick ass match. Well, I mean, Ray Phoenix and Pac, man, they, they're two talented superstars, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to see Pac doing. Pac things again. Uh, for the longest time, he was out with some injuries, things like that, and with the pandemic being what it was, mm-hmm. um, it's it, it's nice to see him back in action. Um, no longer being Neville, no longer being you know, he's being his own man, which I really love that about him. Uh, I always thought he could be a top tier talent, so. Hopefully, maybe here in AEW, he, he he does that eventually. All right. All right. So, for the first time in a ring on national television in 22 years. What? Tully Blanchard. That's right. The Tully Blanchard and FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood, accompanied by J.J. Dillon, took on Jurassic Express. They don't know when to retire, do they? They can't retire. It's in their <laughs> like blood. There's no... There's no retiring for wrestlers I don't think exactly it doesn't matter what it is not really if they feel like they can take a bump they'll do it man yep alright Tully pushed Marco into FDR's corner and got a few stiff shots in on Marco Dax and Jungle Boy both tagged in Dax chopped away at Jungle Boy and followed up with a body shot uh, Jungle Boy rallied back and after several leapfrogs he connected with a uh, high drop kick to Dax then a German released suplex on Cash, which is always a good thing to watch. Oh, yes. I always watch, love watching them slingshot each other with the German suplex. It's like, wee! <laughs> he applied the uh, snare trap on Dax, but Cash pulled the Jungle Boy out of the ring. Uh, with the referee distracted, J.J. Dillon slipped his shoe to Dax, who then smacked Jungle Boy with it for an <laughs> airfall. That's kind of funny. 
Tully tagged in and took uh, took it to Jungle Boy, dropping him with a big right hand. Luchasaurus tagged in and exploded with a big right uh, big right kicks to Dax and Cash. Marco ran in and Luchasaurus slammed him on the Tully. Luchasaurus double suplexed Dax and Cash. Uh, then he tried to shoulder ram Hardwood, but Hardwood dodged it, sending Luchasaurus shoulder first into the ring post. On the outside, Cash blasted Luchasaurus with a swinging DDT onto the arena floor. Cash hit the Everest suplex on Jungle Boy. Uh, Tolly Blanchard scored the slingshot suplex on Marco. Luchasaurus nailed Tolly with a tail whip. That's funny. <laughs> uh, at ringside, someone black in oh, so, sorry, someone in black interfered. FTR used the spike pile driver and totally pinned Luchasaurus. After the match, as FTR celebrated, the masked man entered the ring again and revealed himself to be Sean Spears. They held up four fingers. Arn Anderson appeared from the entrance tunnel and held up four fingers to salute them. Wow. The um, four new four horsemen of the apocalypse? Wow, that's, uh, that's something. It's nice to see Sean Spears back, but uh, hmm. not with these two guys. Oh, come on. Don't be rude. <laughs> I don't care for them. I didn't care for them when they were in WWE. I figured... Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to see them versus the Young Bucks. I thought that would be a good match, but it's just... It's lackluster. All right. Yeah, they gave it to us too quick. Yeah, exactly. All right. Appearing for the first time in AEW. That's right. Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, a.k.a. The Giant. Returning to TNT for the first time. A.k.a. Captain Insano. That's right. Even though he he was uh, really mean to me, uh, I still say uh, Captain Insano. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Tony welcomed Paul White to AEW, and Paul said how happy he was to be here in AEW. Paul mentioned the all-new show AEW, AEW Dark Evolution, or Elevation, sorry, debuting on AEW's official YouTube channel Monday, March 15th, where he'll be calling all the action with Tony Schiavone. Starting out on TNT and now getting a chance to come back to TNT is a privilege. And just so you know, I'm taking this announcing job seriously. I have a scoop for you, Tony. I have the biggest scoop ever. This Sunday at Evolution, AEW is going to hire and put in contract a Hall of Fame worthy talent, a huge asset, and it's not who you think. Tune in this Sunday to find out who it is. AEW's next major signing. Cooper. One. The Big Show, Paul White on AEW, and two, who do you think the signing is? Yeah, man, uh, The Big Show, uh, Paul White, uh, that's that's just crazy. Um, I loved his I loved his shirt when he went out there. Did you see the shirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was no, a really cool no shirt. No more BS. Yes. So I, I loved it. I thought it was cool. Um, and that's awesome for him, man. A new new wrestling adventure for him. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with it. Um and look at that, you know, a new a new show for AEW on Monday uh, Monday nights on YouTube. That's pretty cool too. Right. Um. And uh, as far as the signing goes, um, I've heard a couple rumors, rumors that could be Christian, rumors that could be Kurt Angle, rumors that it could be even Batista. Ooh. So I really don't know who it could be. Um, because it kind of threw me off when they said Christian in the first place. Right. Because I'm like, he was just at the Royal Rumble. Why would he be in AEW? Well, so, who knows, man. But who knows, you know, you never know who it is. Uh, it, who knows? Don't know. What do you think? I'm thinking, well, first, it's glad to see the big show or Paul White, um, back on television. I've missed him. Actually, I've always enjoyed um, his work uh, as a big man like me, well, even bigger man than me, but still, uh, it's I've always had a I've always uh, liked what he's done. Um, I think he was very underutilized um, as after about his so-called loss to Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania, they kind of just went away from Big Show after that. So it's nice to see that maybe a company will actually utilize him. Uh, especially if he's uh, healthy in that aspect. But who I think it could be, it says Hall of Fame worthy. So it may not be a Hall of Famer yet. But someone who's a major name out there that's 
we haven't heard from in a while and it hasn't popped up on anything. What about Tully's daughter? Tessa. Yeah, maybe. She's got I mean that's she's very talented. That that would be cool. Um that's a big name. It is a very big name. So it would be nice to see Tessa in, you know, AEW and uh Especially yeah. being able to work with her dad and yeah, all that. I wish they'd put her in WWE and her dad, and then have Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair and Tully and her. You know, I think that would be a good right, good matchup. But it'll be interesting. So we'll find out tomorrow who it ends up being. All right. So the women's world title eliminator tournament finals. United States bracket winner, the Native Beast Nyla Rose, with Vicky. J- Jackson, I don't know where I was going with that. Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> I don't even know where Jackson just came from. That just came out of nowhere in my head. Versus Japan bracket winner, Ryo Mizunami? Is that how you spell or you pronounce that? Sorry, Ryo. My bad. Just call you Ryo. I know how to say that. The winner tonight earns a world title match against Hikaru, uh, Hikaru Shida this Sunday at Revolution 2021. Ryu and Nyla locked up with Nyla overpowering her opponent to the ropes. Uh, Ryu peppered Nyla with stiff shots. Nyla fired back with forearms. Uh, Ryu came back with her own strikes. Ryu managed to drop Nyla with a wicked clothesline, but Nyla kicked out at a one count. Uh, Nyla followed up with a rolling splash. Nyla attempted a a senton off the top rope, but Ryu rolled out of the way. She speared Nyla in the mid... To the midsection, knocking her out to the outside. Nyla uh, stood back up on the ring apron, but Ryu uh, swept her leg. Ryu used a vicious leg drop onto Nyla. Ryu hit a splash off the top ropes as Nyla made it back to back in before referee Aubrey Edwards counted her out. Nyla and Ryu traded heavy shots. Ryu blocked a clothesline with one of her own, but then Nyla shut her down with a Death Valley driver. Ryu kicked out a two, though. Uh, Nyla then hung Ryu on the top rope and crashed down off the top rope with her diving knee drop. Ryu kicked out of a two count, at a two count. Nyla attempted the beast bomb, but Ryu fought out and connected with an exploder suplex on Nyla. Ooh. Ryu climbed to the top rope, but Nyla met her up there with a, and superplexed her back down to earth. Somehow Ryu managed to find her second win and speared Nyla. Ryu hit a guillotine, guillotine leg drop and pinned Nyla. Shida represented Ryu with the trophy and congratulated her after the match. Ryu uh, surprised Shida with a forearm. Shida answered with forearms of her own and knocked Ryu down to her knee. Shida held uh, help, held up. It's supposed to say held up for some reason. This is help. <laughs> held up her AEW Women's Championship belt in front of Ryu. Woo! Man, that sounds like a good match, dude. Right. Uh, yeah, anybody that can take on Nyla Rose and take her out, mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with this, this uh, women's championship match. Seems like it's going to be very good. It is. It sounds like it's going to be very entertaining, to say the least. Both. Uh, I, I women. love women's wrestling anymore. I think it's, it's, it's so nice to see them wrestle, you know what I mean? Because when mm-hmm. we grew up, they were just eye candy. Right. So it, it's kind of nice to, to see a different side to that you know what i mean so there you go mm-hmm. absolutely bro all right tony shivani was in the ring to interview your favorite the icon Sting. yes baby it began to snow in jacksonville as sting made his way to the ring sting i've known you for many years and you never looked better you you're prepared for a street fight against team taz this sunday at revolution said tony shivani i feel like i'm ready for a street fight said sting absolute I don't know what that was supposed to be. Uh, I think that's supposed to be absolutely. Ricky Starks interrupted Sting. Last week you tore your uh, you tore this ring up, and I'm and I'm man enough to admit I saw something we haven't seen in a long time from you, and that's fire. And Sting, you still got it, but I still stand behind what I said, and that this is and that is you are no icon. And said Starks as he slapped Sting. That's never a good idea. No, not at all. Sting beat Starks out of his shoes and then hit him with a clothesline in the Stinger Splash. Sting uh, applied the Scorpion Deathlock to Starks. Powerhouse Hobbs pulled Starks out of the ring. Uh, 
Taz's son, Hook, tried to assault Sting, but Sting pushed him away. Brian Cage jumped into the ring and attempted to powerbomb Sting, but Darby Allen showed up. Darby jumped on Cage's back, knocking Sting free of Cage's grasp. Darby blasted Cage with a shotgun dropkick, and Team Taz exited the ring to regroup. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight this weekend, dude. Uh, tomorrow, they're, they're going to they're gonna tear each other apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to see Sting back in action doing what Sting does. And it's good to see him back where he belongs on TNT. Yes. The only thing I'm going to be very disappointed about is they never did the Undertaker versus Sting match. Yeah, me too, dude. That uh, should have happened. They brought Sting back. I know it was, I, it was towards it, the it end. It was a little lackluster because they put him against freaking Triple H. And, and, the, and then they and, put him... And they tried to push this story like, well, Triple H was the guy and Sting was... No, Sting was the guy of WCW. Right. Undertaker has always been the guy of WWF and WWE. Mm-hmm. So... Triple H, yes, he's right there next to The Undertaker, but mm-hmm. he's not The Undertaker. Exactly. Not only that, then they tried to get, okay, we let you lose to Triple H, now we're going to give you a championship opportunity. That ended up falling through because I think, what was it, he tore his ACL in a match with uh, Seth Rollins. No, dude, he didn't tear his ACL. What was it? He was almost crippled. When he went to hit him with the, uh, the... Uh, what was it? The turnbuckle powerbomb? I guess he hit the turnbuckle and and lost control of movement of his legs and shit. Oh. Yeah, he was having issues with it. So oh, yeah. that, that's, that's pretty much what happened with it. So. Well, he, when he came back, it was at a time where it would have been made more sense for them to do the two icons versus each other instead of Triple H and Sting. Honestly, definitely. Um, I didn't like the whole, the whole DX versus the NWO thing, right. and DX coming out victorious at the end of it. I understand from a business standpoint to say, okay, well, we're the WWE, so DX is gonna win. Sorry, guys, but in all actuality, no other faction on the face of this earth has ever been greater than the NWO. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I love DX. Mm-hmm. I think they're very talented. I think everyone in that faction was awesome. But you had so many, You had pretty much a whole roster of people on, you know, the NWO. And... The NWO went from NWO Black and White to the Wolf Pack mm-hmm. to, you know, it's just so many different variations of it. And then there for a while we had the LWO, the Latino World Order. Right. I mean, we've, you know, it's, it, that, that's what I'm saying is NWO is where it started. DX may have had their, their day, but they were never as big. Right. I mean, you could sit there and argue that all day with with people that are Attitude Era fans and whatever, but I'm a WCW guy. I always have been. Uh, It's nice to see, uh, you know, wrestling back on TNT. Wish it was WCW, but it is AEW, and they're they're following kind of the same suit that WCW did, um, and bringing Tony Schiavone in as, as... their, you know, their guy bringing Jim Ross over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it, it's nice to see it back, but it's it's still not it's not WCW. So. Right, it's gonna be uh, interesting to say the least to see how this ends up going. Oh, definitely. All right, so we had the face of the revolution ladder match qualifier, the Dark Order's ten with negative one accompanying him to the ring. Versus, I love that they're still doing this. Right. I love it, man. Uh, versus Platinum, Max Caster of the Acclaim. Ten clotheslined Max and knocked him back down with a running shoulder tackle. Uh, Ten hit another clothesline, sending Max over the top rope and onto the arena floor. Ten charged at Max, but Max moved out of the way and pushed Ten into a metal ring post. He followed up with a basement drop kick. Ten backdropped Max and then brought 
the spine to the pine. Spine buster. Just call spine it. to the pine. Just call it a damn spine buster. Ten speared max through the center. Surprised you can call it speared. Through the center strand of for a near You've fall. You've never heard spine to the pine? No. Dude, what's wrong? I don't know. Are you a wrestling fan? Let's not go there. <laughs> I don't know where Max executed a brain buster on 10. He went up for the top uh, for the claim to fame, but 10 figured out what was going on and got out of the way. 10 powerbombed Max, but Max got his boot onto the bottom rope to brick, brick, break the penitent. Brick. <laughs> he bricked it, man. Jack Evans of TH2 was hiding under the ring. He popped out and blasted 10 with a boombox. Max quickly uh, pinned 10 after Evans' sneak attack. Matt Hardy was waiting at the top of the ramp and handed Jack Evans an envelope of cash. I want to go work for Matt Hardy, man. Let's just go work for Matt Hardy. Right. If he's handing out envelopes of cash, come on, man. I bet you I'd do it for cheaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, his his uh, persona is weird. Hire. Yeah, right? His persona is interesting, to say the least. Uh, yeah, it's not at all what we thought we were going to get in the AW. It's um, not, definitely. So, yeah. Right. All right, so next up we had, in the uh, main event, another tag match. Imagine that, right? <laughs> Adam Hangman Page taking, in Dark Orders, John Silver taking on Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn of Private Party. So are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. Silver overpowered Mark with the single leg takedown. In the corner, Matt snuck a kidney shot on Silver. Hardy tagged in and had and had a headlock on Silver. Hangman Page tagged in and Hardy wanted no part of it and tagged out to Mark Quinn. Page took the uh, took the boots and stomped a mud hole into Mark Quinn. Soon, Big Money Matt got involved again. Hardy hit the side effect on John Silver on the ring apron. Quinn tagged in and stomped on John Silver. Uh, Matt Hardy jumped off the second turnbuckle, but John Silver blocked him and followed through with a standing slice bread. Silver tagged Page and Hardy tagged out to Quinn. <laughs> he has nothing. He has nothing to do with Page. Page then planted Quinn with a spine, uh, spine first onto the mat. Page used a fall away slam on Quinn and jumped over the top rope with a body press onto Hardy. Page used a Death Valley driver on Quinn in the center of the ring and Page threw Quinn at Hardy. Uh, wanting Hardy to tag in, but Hardy refused. And then Quinn caught Page with a drop kick to the knees, and then Hardy tagged in, smelling blood in the water. Page countered with a twist of fate with a back suplex. That's interesting. Oh, countered the tw- twist of fate. I was about to say, how can you do a twist of fate with a back suplex? That's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I read that wrong, obviously. John Silver tagged in and speared Matt Hardy. Silver countered with, with the countered the twist of fate with a backslide. He followed up with a brain buster on Hardy, but Hardy managed to kick out at two. Silver was guillotined, guillotined over the top rope by Quinn. Uh, Hardy tagged Quinn, and Quinn hit a massive drop kick on Silver. Page would tag in, blasted Quinn with a pop-up powerbomb, and then buckshot Lariat for the three count. Matt Hardy attacked Page and Silver with a microphone after the match. The Dark Order rushed from the back and descended upon Matt Hardy. The rest of the team's teams from this Sunday's upcoming Casino Battle Royale sprinted to the ring and all hell broke loose. Whew! That's some fun times, man. Oh, fun yeah, times. Man. So we're having a we're having a revolution and a Casino Battle Royale all in one match. <laughs> this is getting interesting. I'm enjoying AEW. Yeah, man. And Just wish course, we could watch the pay-per-view. As <laughs> always in, in AEW fashion, Mm-hmm. They started the night with a tag match. And ended the night in a free-for-all, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's... It was a tag match. But, but I want to <laughs> stop right here and say, spine to the pine. Mm-hmm. Slobber knocker, good old JR. I think you should know what that is, sir. Just saying. Bite me, Snoopy. Anyways, I, I, I know sn- you know what it is. You just... Drawing a blank, you're getting old. If you're older than I am, remember that. Yeah, just remember that. Yeah, remember that. <laughs> man. Are you ready to talk SmackDown? Let's now? do it. We're gonna... Before there's a SmackDown in the Cooper Big Man, you know, studio. 
Big man comes out on top, though, I guarantee. Uh, <laughs> it don't matter. I'll get my shots in. How you doing? All right. Starting off, Daniel Bryan sent a message to Roman Reigns and hurled Jey Uso out of the ring. A determined Daniel Bryan kicked off SmackDown by making it clear that he will no longer be the old Daniel Bryan. He said that at elim- after Elimination Chamber, he felt like a failure for putting himself on the back burner for so long. And he's now determined to prove that he was the absolute best by making sure Reigns... Versus Edge never happens at WrestleMania. He was soon interrupted by Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and Special Counsel Paul Heyman. It's weird how it's called Special Counsel instead of the Advocate, but you know what it is. What it is. <laughs> the Big Dog said Brian would lose to Uso and realize that he needs Reigns and will therefore acknowledge him as the head of the table. When Uso attempted to deliver a sneak attack on Brian as he did last week, though, Brian stopped him in his tracks and sent him flying out of the ring, setting up. For their match later that night. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very interesting. Oh, yes. Steel cage match for the two of them. I bet we're excited. Oh, yes. Chris's favorite, King Corbin, took on Martez Ford. You don't Who's look Chris? Cooper. I know who Cooper is. Cooper's favorite. No, not even Cooper's favorite. You can give back to Chris. Ah! <laughs> After teaming with Sami Zayn in the losing effort against the Street Profits last week, King Corbin refused to team with him again. Instead, he challenged either member of Street Profits as a solo competitor. In a one-on-one match that followed against Montez Ford, Corbin shook off Wicked Insiguri and hit the end of days for the victory. Cooper, your thoughts on King Koopa? <laughs> I love messing with you. It's fun. King Corbin defeating Montez Ford. Well, I mean... As much as I don't like Corbin, uh, it is what it is in this match, dude. Uh, Montez Ford is more of a tag team specialist. Mm-hmm. High so, flying tag team specialist. Yes, and so basically had to keep him. You know, it. Corbin being the bigger man. Yeah, this would have been better if it in was stature and maybe not, in, you know. Yeah, it would have been better if he took on Angelo Dawkins, yeah. honestly. Uh, but you know, I'll give. Montez Ford, for credit for taking on the bigger opponent. Exactly. Speaking of which, Angelo Dawkins took on Sami Zayn. <laughs> nice. Prior to his matchup against Sami Zayn, Angelo Dawkins knocked his imminent opponent off the apron and directly into King Corbin at ringside. As a result, the irate Corbin decided to take a walk and let Zayn face his opposition alone. In a subsequent match, the master strategist managed to kick out of a silencer. Nevertheless, the Ford... When Ford began messing with the documentary crew outside the ring, the distraction allowed Dawkins to roll up Zane for a win. In the aftermath, an angry Zane beat up a member of the documentary crew. Really? <laughs> it's his own crew. It's so stupid. Uh, Sammy Zane, Sammy I'm Zane. sick and tired of this Something crap. about them redhead dudes. They're always angry, right? Yeah, they can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we won't get into that. All right, well, next up we had Dominic Mysterio taking on Chad Gable. After two brutal attacks by the Alpha Academy on Rey Mysterio in tag team action in recent weeks, Dominic picked a, up a huge victory for his family with a technical, technically sound quick pin on Chad Gable. Then, seconds after the bell, the quick-thinking Rey hit Otis with an explosive senton onto the announce table outside the ring. Whew, Cooper, your thoughts? Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Alright, I'm liking what they're doing with Dominic. He's slowly making his way up uh, talent-wise. Talent-wise and on his own type thing, yep. which, is, which is nice to see. Yes, sir. Alright, next up we have the EST, Bianca Belair, taking on Shayna Baszler. Woo, I bet you Baszler's looking for retribution after her loss to Flair on Monday. Oh, yeah. On the heels of the announcement that she would face SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks at WrestleMania and team with the title holder against WWE Tag Team's Champion Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax at WWE Fastlane, Bianca Belair battled Baszler uh, with the boss Jax and recently fired Reginald all at ringside. Reginald got himself fired from Carmella? Aw, poor Reggie. Aww. Almost feel bad for him for like a second. His, him and his crushes got him going crazy. Right. <clears throat> After being thrown out of the ring and to the feet of Reginald, an annoyed Bel Air hurled him across the ring. 
area at Nia Jaxie. When Jackson came after the disruptive Reginald, she ended up taking Banks out instead. Although Baszler attempted to take advantage of this distribution or disruption with a Kirfuda clutch, the EST of WWE escaped before it was fully locked in, executed the KOD for the huge victory on one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. In the aftermath, Belair took issue with Reginald, and he ended up feeling the slap of the boss. Oh, he got slapped by his Poor mother. Reginald. Poor Red Reg. You almost feel bad for him again. Almost. For like a second. <laughs> Alright, man. Next up, we have Cesaro taking on Murphy. Not sure what is with Rollins and his quest to take on Cesaro lately. Last week, Seth Rollins informed Cesaro that he lacked a killer instinct and, re- and received a vertigo-inducing Cesaro swing for his trouble. This week, the SmackDown savior joined SmackDown commentary as his one-time disciple Murphy went head-to-head with the Swiss cyborg. Cesaro hit Cesaro- the Cesaro swing on his opponent uh, before making him tap out to the sharpshooter. As the smoke cleared, Cesaro and Rollins stared each other down as the architect gave the victorious superstar a standing ovation. Oh, Lord, he's trying to recruit Cesaro. Good luck on that. Cesaro's not going to do it. I hope not, because that's just something I don't want to That would be a good setup for a good freaking match, though. That's for sure. All right. I guess we'll see what happens at Fastlane. Yep. All right. Apollo Crews demanded an Intercontinental Championship rematch against Big E. Once again, professing the dominance and power of his family heritage, Apollo Crews insisted he was now showing the real Apollo. Flanked by his imposing royal guard that has been protector that had been protectors of his family's wealth for generations. He spoke of how his royal ancestors were the most feared and respected warriors of all in, in all of Nigeria. Claiming that Big E tried to conquer him, Cruz demanded that the powerhouse of positivity give him a rematch for the Intercontinental Championship and promised the title holder will fall at his feet. Cooper, your thoughts on Apollo Cruz? Uh, this is just strange. Uh, let's throw something weird into the storyline to make him more relevant. Um. Yeah, basically. I, I, I don't get it. So, what, Colorado Springs isn't good enough for you anymore? Evidently not. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, it's, it's like coming to America. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Come to forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Munda! Oh, whatever. Just pick a country. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's strange. We'll see what happens with this. Uh, I do think they're both very good athletes. Um, but I think Big E is Big E, and Big E does Big E things, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna overcome no matter who Apollo's family is. Yeah, I want to see Big E going after a title though, a big title, like. Roman Reigns? Yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, I grant it. I know we got to get Edge in there because we need a, uh, we need a headline for WrestleMania. Especially with fans supposedly yeah, coming that, back. But it's a, it's a title he's never held. That no. I get that. But, I mean, Big E does have the talent. He does have the charisma. He does have the mic skills to be a top-level champion. Definitely. Um. And it's just weird that they're just not giving it to him. I still can't believe he was the Brian Dawkins bodyguard for when he first came to WWE. That was still weird. And then, and then he was with uh, with um, Dolph Ziggler there for a little bit. Yeah, and then Dolph. And I'm just like, what in the world are we watching? <laughs> well, I'm glad he's found his place in the WWE and he's mm-hmm. the Intercontinental Champion and... I think it's going to take a lot more than Apollo Crews and his family to... Uh, his family heritage? Yeah, his family heritage to uh, knock him off his pedestal. Right. All right, yeah. man. So here we go for the main event. Daniel Bryan taking on Jay Uso in a steel cage match. After being robbed of a Universal Championship opportunity last week with a double countout, Daniel Bryan once again faced off against Jay Uso, this time inside the dreaded steel cage. If he emerged victorious, the leader of the Yes Movement would earn a universal title match against Roman Reigns at WWE Fastlane. If he lost, he would have to acknowledge Reigns as the head of the table. Prior to the match, Brian leveled Uso backstage and made it clear that he meant business. 
In the absolutely brutal match that followed, both superstars felt the full extent of the unforgiving steel and took each other to the limit. After the competitors brought the action to new heights on the side of the cage, Brian hit a butterfly suplex from the top turnbuckle and drove his foe down hard into the canvas. This paved the way for him to secure in the yes lock and make Uso tap out to earn his universal title match against the Big Dog on March 21st. Two weeks from this Sunday at WWE Fastlane, the first pay-per-view on the Peacock Network. Thank you. We want to see Daniel Bryan at the top of the heap again where Daniel Bryan belongs. Yes, sir. That's where he needs to be. Uh, I think that uh, I don't know if he will defeat Roman Reigns, but it will be definitely a good match. Uh, the you know, the little kid in me says I want to see Daniel Bryan win, but you know the adults going, "Come on, dude, you right. know better." Well, the least of the good news is, barring a freaking attack backstage prior to the to the uh, match, we will have a at strength, Daniel Bryan, not just a beat down out of the Elimination Chamber match, Daniel Bryan, taking on the big dog, which will make for a better match. Yeah. Though I'll give credit, he did manage to avoid the first spear and lock him, almost locked him in, well, basically did lock him in, yes, lock. But you can tell he was exhausted, had no real opportunity to really beat the big dog. So now if we get a Fresh Daniel Bryan. I got something to say. Roman Reigns, come on, brother. We all used to respect you, and I still respect you for everything you've done for WWE and everything you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Drop Paul Heyman like a bad habit. You don't need him to be the big dog. You don't need him to be the, the head of the table. You better turn on him before he turns on you. Yes, because I feel soon that the winds of change are blowing. And we'll re- soon be seeing the return of Brock Lesnar. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Something deep down here, right here, just says, we'll see at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Because Brock Lesnar can't take it when he's not, you know, the number one guy for some reason. Come back from, like, a six-month hiatus to be like, oh, I want another title shot. Yeah. Where he'll 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 be the one to match John Cena only because, you know, he gets to leave for six months, come back, get, get a title the title, title, hold the title for a year, lose the title, mm-hmm. but he won't. Ha- he only have to wrestle to, like four to times wrestle the like year. maybe four times. Mm-hmm. Because he won't even show up for like little pay per views. If any SummerSlam, Mania, Survivor Series. Or the Rumble, he ain't showing up. Right. Basically. It's like, uh, you know, there's other pay-per-views every month, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, but he, he's big market money, you know. Nobody, he, he's the main, main event prize fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, when I go to a WWE event, I do not pay to see Brock Lesnar. No, that's for if sure. If I wanted that, I'd go to UFC. Right? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So that does it for us. Uh, unless you got anything else you need to throw out there for w, uh, Wrestling Talk. No, man. That's that's about it. Uh, we do want to give our condolences to... Um, what is it? Um, Jimmy Crockett. I think he passed away this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Crockett? Yeah, Jim yes. Crockett, yeah. Yes, he passed away this week, so condolences to him and his family. Yeah. Um, he did a lot for this business, and uh, he will be missed. Yes, sir. Um, uh, so, yes, our condolences to the Crockett family for that. Um, excuse me. Uh, let's see, so we'll be back again tomorrow. we got some basketball talk as they uh, entered into... The NBA All-Star break, the NBA All-Star game, will be set to go tomorrow. Uh, they did their NBA All-Star draft. Uh, Kevin Durant was still uh, remained the captain, so he was still able to pick his team, So, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, it was a little interesting. 
little rib at the uh, Jazz players that made the All-Star game as they were the last two picked. <laughs> and then LeBron kind of had a smart on the comment about it, but we won't get into too much about what happened there. <laughs> it was funny, but kind of rude. But, you know, it is what it is with it that. It is what it is. Uh, not much. Uh, we got a little bit of football to talk about on Tuesday, but it's mostly going to be uh, auto racing with NASCAR and other stuff like that for racing. So it's going to basically be Wrestling Talk Tuesday with some minor football news. Sounds good. Because your team's doing weird things. Yes, they are. So we're going to have to cover that. And if, of course, anything else happens, we'll add it to the show. But most likely, we're going to be in the quiet time for now with the NFL until March 17th when the new league year starts. So we're basically waiting for that to start. So that way we can talk a little bit more football because free agency then kicks off. (laughs) Yeah, I can't Uh, wait, dude. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be epic. It's going to be, you know, what it is, what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. And then, of course, next Thursday, we should definitely be able to get back to Worldwide Sports Talk. Hopefully. I don't think I have anything else coming up weirdly. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Yeah, I'm done with that crap. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. I think that does it for us, right? Yep, does. All right. So, from all of us here at Sports Talk, as always, keep Keep on on talking talking sports. sports.